Hello friends, welcome to another episode of the TFC Audio Project. In this episode of Health Conversations, I have a chat with Jeffrey Schub, aka The Urban Barefoot, on Instagram. Jeff was kind enough to host me at his home during our recent Miami seminar and did a great job in gathering a bunch of the people in the wellness and health space of Miami to promote a great event. I really enjoyed speaking with him on this episode. He's got a super unique story with how he's applying his medical degree. We talk about feet, health, shedding away the complexities of modern life, and how simple health can really be when you look at things from an airplane view. This episode of The Audio Project is sponsored by TFC Seminars. The seminars are six-hour flagship education experience designed to help you understand why feet are important, why so many people today are having problems at the feet, how to restore optimal foot function, restoring ankle and hip mobility, preventing running injuries, what to look for in footwear, and lots more. We do our best to include lots of playful movement drills and to be moving for the majority of the seminar so that you not only learn but feel what we're teaching. Check out thefootcollective.com or tfc-shop.com to get more info on our 2019 seminar dates or to register for a session. The seminars are open to anyone, including health professionals, personal trainers, physicians, or just people having issues with their body that aren't being given the right information on restoring optimal function, eliminating pain, and preventing future injury. This episode is also, also sponsored by our travel partner, Nanook Protective Hard Cases, which we use to transport equipment to and from our seminars and workshops. They make super high quality cases in Canada that can keep your electronics safe during travel. And you can check out their stuff at nanuk.com, nanook.com. That's it for sponsors. So let's dig into this episode. Hope you enjoy. It's the TFC Audio Project. It's a collective effort. Help people understand their bodies, starting at the feet are the gateway for people to see that there's an issue. You know, a foot conversation is always a whole body conversation. Hey folks, Nick here, back for another episode of Health Conversations. My guest today is Jeffrey Schub. He is The Urban Barefoot on Instagram. Um, we're here in Miami for a seminar this weekend. He has kindly offered his hospitality for me to stay at his place during the trip, which is awesome. And he's also the wizard of connecting people because we've, um, this weekend, we came a couple days early and we've talked to some very cool people in the health and wellness space of Miami. Um, so we figured it was a good opportunity to have a conversation, introduce him, what he's all about, um, and also talk about a couple different kind of topics because I think, um, number one, my perception of Miami has definitely changed after uh, the past couple days. Um, and, and Jeff is a unique guy. He, um, he has an MD. I'll let him introduce that. But he's taking kind of a non-traditional route in terms of how he's helping people. Um, so thanks for, thanks for having me here, Jeff. And uh, why don't you tell the people what you're about? And, you know, I d- tried to do a little bit of justice with that intro, but uh, take it. Well, first of all, I'm just so grateful for this entire weekend. It's been... It's been fantastic. It's been magical. And just standing here, staring at you in the eyes while we podcast, uh, <laughs> sort of summarizes. Uh, nice. It's a beautiful experience. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, hello, everybody. Hello, world. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I wake up every day these days so grateful and so excited to just see what's coming next. And, you know, having you down here has been a sort of, year-long journey for me obviously you know for you it's been a little bit shorter probably since november december since we started the conversation but for me um you know making this transition and i'll go into what that means a little later but making this transition with myself my life my practice mm-hmm. um and just everything about what i do is it's been a really special endeavor and i you know like we can talk more about it later also but 
you know, finding this feeling of purpose and where, when you find that, when you find what you're really meant to do, it just mm. transforms your entire perception of the world and how you express yourself in the world. So it's just this whole thing. I'm, I'm still kind of taking it in. But, awesome. uh, and you're, you're the kind of guy that lives, breathes, like this guy lives health. He, he's not telling the health story and, 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 you know, living a different lifestyle. You know, we're in his apartment right now. There's literally balance beams scattered everywhere. <laughs> There's a, a, a shoe mat with smooth river rocks on it. Um, you know, and I think it's, it is kind of inspiring for me to almost think of how I'm, you know, living my life back home being, obviously you have the sunshine here, which is beautiful. Um, compared to auto, it's a little bit dark this time of year and a little bit colder, but, uh, but it, it is refreshing to see people that you connect with that, you know, it's not the first time I had met you in person was when I walked into your house and I was going to be staying here for two or three days. And it's the kind of thing where you're like, you never know. <laughs> it's yeah. like, this guy could be cool. This guy, you know, are we going to get along? But it's, it feels like I've kind of, it feels like we've been talking for way longer than we have, because I think on most things we're on the same page and, and we, you you come to those conclusions independently, but you come to the same place where you're like, okay, it's because it makes sense. And it's because we, you know, we may have both independently realized things, but you come to the same conclusions a lot of times. And even the people that we've spoken to so far, it's like health is simple. And I think it's delayering all the complexities that we've been ingrained and taught to kind of think that that's the status quo to think that health is complex you need to see this person or spend this money on this or whatever and i think that's part of you know i think this is almost the theme of what we've been talking about this weekend is make things simpler less yeah. is more yeah and and that's and that, i think that's exactly why or what triggered me to become totally disillusioned with the current healthcare system i think you know when you strip away everything that I that I say and everything that you know when people ask me why why did I do it I think when you when you really just take away all of the fluff mm -hmm. it's really that I felt deep well, so tell, down. Pe tell people your schooling because sure. they won't know so Jeff has yeah, an sorry. MD he's playing it down and he doesn't really talk about it that much because I it almost seems like you you value what you do and preach on a day-to-day -day basis which is the basics more so than having to tell people that you have an MD so tell people your you know, official education and the path that you took after you graduated and why? Because I think it's a very cool story that I have friends that are in medical school that would relate to that and be like, wow, I didn't even yeah. know that was an option. Okay, so I'll try to, I'll try to summarize as much yeah, as possible. Cole's notes. Um, well, you know, I think one of the interesting things that they always, uh, or that I heard from, from Ben Greenfield actually was that um, it's so important to um, involve your kids in, in, a lifestyle of health and, and wellness. And, you know, for me growing up, I was always, um, I always looked up to my mom as, and my dad as someone, as people who really trained and worked out a lot, um, that, and they involved us in it. They showed us that it was important. And I think that's where it all started for me. There was never junk food in the house. There was never, you know, a lot of things. It was just clean, simple dinner every night with the family. Um, and I think that really carried on through my entire life. Um, and then when I found out that I really enjoyed the human body. And you grew up in Puerto Rico. And right? Grew up in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Um, always very connected to, the, to nature. Always on the beach. Always on mm -hmm. the boat, in the ocean. Always, you know, out living a sort of connected life. Not, not purposely, but just mm -hmm. naturally as, yeah. as being on an island. Living on an island. And but, that's how you were brought up, right? It was like this cultural thing that was ingrained in your family. It was just part of it. Right. 
they didn't do it on purpose. They didn't even they didn't research on Google what's a healthy lifestyle. They lived the way that they you know that they lived with their parents and so right. on. Right. Because I think that's a big disconnect these days. Is no one actually gets that? If you ask the average person that lives in you know not Puerto Rico but in a in a in a city yeah in a city in an inner city where it doesn't have really much of an outdoor culture they don't even know what that is. Right. Well, I remember there being studies um, showing that kids who are raised in houses have better upbringing. I don't remember the statistics or what it, what it was they were saying, but they have, they're more likely to have a better life. And I don't think that it's the house versus the apartment. I just think it's that when you live in a house, you're closer to the ground, you're closer to, the, to nature by nature, right? Like mm-hmm. by design, you're there. Yep. Um, you're not in a, in the middle of a city. Usually like if mm-hmm. you're in a house, you're not in the middle of a city and you're just you're just naturally more connected. You're living a more natural life, right? Mm-hmm. So, I you know I found that I found out that I love the human body, the the way that it works. I I literally you know there's always that subject in school that you really connect with, and that for me that was human body. And so I figured, okay, med school it is, right? Mm-hmm. My my dad's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I have other physicians in my family. It's a great. It's a great career. It's you're going to help people. I'm I, I'm going to get to live and breathe the human body as I've as I found out that that's what I really love to do. Perfect. So um, I went to undergrad, uh, University of Miami, and I picked chemistry because you know pick a science and then <laughs> do the pre med and go to medical school. Like that's the path. That's the script. And and I, you know, going back, I've I've always been the kind of person that if I don't truly like if i don't truly see it if i don't truly get it if i don't truly believe in it i'm out like i I don't i i'll find i'll hack it i'll find a different way so you can't pretend i looked i can't pretend so i looked at the curriculums of different programs in the university and i looked at exercise and sports science and i said like holy shit this is this is medicine Mm -hmm. anatomy physiology gross anatomy lab you know Mm-hmm. kinesiology how the body moves how it functions mm-hmm. how how the cell works like okay that's what i'm gonna do like that's yep. what i'm gonna study forget chemistry biology i took those those pre-med requisite courses and i did very well because i'm very i love science and i love figuring out how things work and for me actually physics was my number one subject i oh, aced physics and, and i because i it makes so much sense right like you look outside in the world and physics is happening right yep. The way the tree, the tree blows in the wind, the way the cars are moving when they stop, when they go, mm-hmm. you know, you, we, I think we found out we both have a really, uh, uh, great passion for cars. And I think for me, <laughs> it's a good place for that. For me, it's the physics of it, right? Yeah. Like it's understanding how it moves, how adding more horsepower, more torque, like what, what does that mean for the vehicle, yeah. the brakes and everything? So, so, you know, I, I did well, I did well on my exams Let's go to med school, right? Like, that's perfect. And I think the whole car thing is almost an expression of our love for complex machines. And, and I yeah. think, you know, the way I look at the human body is it's a complex machine. It's the most complex machine, right? It's a, it's a living, breathing machine that changes and is dynamic. And when you look at, you know, you compare things like horsepower or you compare things like tires, you know, these have parallels with the body. Yeah. Like, if you have strength without control, if you have horsepower with a really shitty drivetrain, you're asking for trouble. And I think that, that you know... Based knowledge of physics, or or just being able to look at that and look at the body as a machine in some respect, and that's not the only dimension of it, but I think it's important because it helps you visualize it. And to make a really interesting analogy with cars, I think 
you know, as a driver of a car, buying parts and have the, having them installed versus taking a car apart and putting it back together yourself, like it's a totally different experience, right? Yes. Like, so, and as, as your human body working to build it properly versus just, you know, paying money for these machines and these, you know, these sorts of injections or treatments or mm-hmm. whatever or new it is. parts. <laughs> yeah. It, or new, or new parts. It's, it's, it, it's a different, it's a different connection to your body. It's a different appreciation for it in a different uh, way that you're going to use it in the, at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back, <clears throat> so I went to medical school mm-hmm. um, and the first eight weeks were amazing, right? Because it was anatomy lab and I was just, you know, I've done, I'd done it before. I dissected a body before and I was very comfortable. I was, you know, I was like a figurehead in my, in my class because I've done this. I know, I know the structures. I know how to, how to dissect them, take them apart. And surgery was always something that I, was, that I loved to do because I love to work with my hands. I love to build things and take mm-hmm. things apart. Um, and then we started getting into the sort of uh, systems uh, part of the curriculum where we, you know, every, uh, I believe it was eight weeks also, we'd, we'd dive into a system. And, I, you know, there would be a little bit of physiology and anatomy, but it would be pathology it would all be about when it goes wrong which i totally understand right you need to know what happens when it goes wrong but then the connection will always well okay when it goes wrong you take this pill or you have to do this surgery or you have to do this thing to it and i always thought i just i i was uncomfortable with it i didn't i didn't see it i didn't understand Hmm. the i didn't understand the connection i didn't understand that this was the right answer Mm-hmm. to solving the problems right like you always talk about um not thinking so much about how to fix a problem but rather figuring out why it happened in the first place yeah and in that way being able to solve it mm-hmm. um and, change and, perception and, and right? prevent and prevent it from ever happening again so you know every it, it happened over and over again and i would just i wouldn't I'm always the type of person to ask a lot of questions, but I know what questions not to ask yeah. <laughs> because you're not, you're just not going to get the, you're no matter. You you're almost know gonna, what answer you're going to get. Exactly, and it's not the right answer you want. You're not going to get the, you're not going to get the, the, the right answer. You're going to get the answer that has been programmed. Yeah. Um, and that's a whole, you know, conversation that we've had a lot this throughout this week about, you know, sort of the programming that's ha- that happens in society. But I knew that it wasn't right. I knew that it's not. And, and I hate, you know, Look, I hate to put down the profession because I have a lot of respect because I went through it myself. It's grueling. And you have these people, and we t- we've spoken about this, these people who have such a thirst to help people. Mm-hmm. And they're, 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 their intention is so pure and so deep. And they're just, they're just communicating what is taught to them because they respect the people who teach them. And so they follow along that. That path, you know, the, yep. mo- the monkey analogy. That was a beautiful analogy. And the people that are teaching are doing the best that they know how to do right. as well. But it's just where, you know, the analogy that Jeff made was this, um, I think it was there was bananas hanging and you put five, whatever, hypothetically, five monkeys in a cage. Right. And every time the monkey goes up, if they don't get the banana, they get sprayed. So at a certain point, the monkeys learn we shouldn't go for those bananas because we get sprayed. And at a certain point, even when you get new monkeys put in and some of the older monkeys taken out, the new monkey doesn't know you get sprayed, so they start to go for the bananas, and the other monkeys pull them down because right. they're like, "Don't do that! You're going to get sprayed." Yeah. And it's a beautiful illustration of like 
say you go to medical school and you're asking the right questions of, you know, shouldn't we, should we be learning how to teach health instead of just straight up manage disease? You know, you get poo-pooed because the whole community is like, well, no, this is how it's done. You know, I'm the teacher. You're, the, you're here to learn. Um, the hierarchy is such that you learn from me. So don't disrupt the status quo because this is how it's been done. And you don't ask why because they, yeah. they don't know why. Exactly. Because there's so, so many generations removed from the actual bench work, like, right, the actual work um, figuring out this quote-unquote solution that they don't know why it is. They just know that that's the way it's done and mm-hmm. that's the way it has been done and that's the way we hope it will continue to be done. For, for whatever reason, right? Like the monk, the, the whole analogy with the monkeys is that if you systematically keep pulling out the original monkeys and then keep switching them out over time, right? Generational um, storytelling, it, you get to a point where you don't even know why you're doing it anymore. The necktie, let's just say very simple. Like who knows why you wear a necktie anymore? Like why do you wear a necktie? Nobody knows because, it's, because that's the way we've done it. That's the way business runs, right? Now you're starting to see, I think, you know, obviously with our generation, people are, feeling empowered to ask questions which is the opposite of what you know the establishment wants but people are asking the the right questions and they're asking questions which has led to the this sort of tech startup culture where people don't wear suits they don't wear ties (laughs) i never wear ties it's a hazard someone wants to choke you to death they just grab exactly so silly exactly and and you know i i think we definitely are seeing a new generation of of physicians also yeah um physicians who don't wear the suit and tie because they ask the question then they start to understand that 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 necktie and that suit and that lab coat that white coat creates a barrier between you and the individual that you're trying to help yeah it and removes the connection that physicians need with their patients it creates a yeah it creates a i'm greater than you sort of yeah. feeling and you need to listen to me yeah. and we don't like that and mm-hmm. we know that because um, that's not effect. That's not, not that's not how effective healthcare is done, right? If that person can't relate to you and can't intrinsically feel a connection of you know this person's not just doing what they think they should, they're they're doing something to help me because they have my best interests in mind. You have to be on a level playing field and speak to the person and not just you know it's not just oh I got a knee in room two. It's like no, yeah. there's a human there, <laughs> yeah. and the knee is probably you know what's the low hanging fruit in someone's life? Well, I'm not just going to look at their knee because. I want to actually have a conversation. And I think part of the way, part of the problem is how it's structured, right? Like I know we're exposed to different healthcare systems. I'm in Canada. We have a different system, although from what I've, conversations I've been having, it's not actually that different at the core. Um, it's just almost just who's paying is different, right? Yep. Um, but, you know, we're seeing that change now because we get a lot of residents. So we have a couple sport med docs, um, one of which is a very established, um, longstanding sport medicine physician in Ottawa. So we get a lot of residents coming through the clinic and, you know, the clinic looks like a, a, a playground for adults, right? So they come in, first off, all the physios are barefoot and all the physicians are wearing shoes that are zero drop, you know, natural shoes. And so they're automatically curious and they're like, well, can I take my shoes off? Like, am I, you know, and they go over and <laughs> I wish doctors <laughs> asked me that question more often. You know, we spend a day with the residents and we, you know, oftentimes the last day there, they'll just come hang with the physios. We get them hanging, doing loaded carries on a slack line on balance beams. And they're like, we've never seen this before you know we've done this isn't our impression of physical therapy and i think that's part of the problem is people do something like physical therapy they go back to their doctor they're like yeah it didn't work I, my knee still hurts i've already done physio and th- that's where the conversation ends the doctor's like okay well physio doesn't work but it's like what did they actually do and and these doctors you know instead of just seeing that these doctors are like okay 
Now I understand the context of physical therapy. And maybe I'll have a slightly longer conversation of like, okay, well, you did physical therapy, but what did you actually do? Because if you spend all day hooked up to a machine, that's not physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. And that extra tiny little step yeah. is huge to help get that person to the right area where they can get help. Yeah. So one of the, one of the concepts, and, and I'll, I'll keep bringing up this, um, this phrase of the ideas that I've been playing with because I'm one thing about me, I'm constantly just playing around with and asking myself questions and, mm. and challenging myself. And maybe it's that little voice in my head. I don't know. That's how you get better. Um, but just playing with the idea of what does the body, well, not, not just that, but what's going on inside your body when you start to make changes that may come up um, and that you may correlate with this new thing that you're doing, but may be a product of all the things that you have been doing, right? So let's say, and let's take yeah, an extreme, an let, let's take this very extreme, like to a, to a very extreme. Let's say, you know, over the course of this year, I've been completely changing my lifestyle habits. We'll dig a little deeper into it, but, and changing my, you know, all the products that I use, how I relate to my, to the environment, to myself. Um, and let's say that all of a sudden now I get, and, and let's go really extreme, right? Let's say I get, I get cancer, mm-hmm. right? And so it's easy to rationalize, well, I just made all these changes. Now I have cancer. It must have been all the changes, right? Like it must have been all these changes that caused this. And so this definitely can't be the right thing to do, right? Yeah. I, I, I should stop doing this. I should go back to my old lifestyle of consuming products without you know, without being mindful of it to using plastic cups and using all the things that, that I don't use anymore. But what if that was just the product of all the other shit I was doing for the longest time? And it probably was right. Like, yeah, let's be honest. Um, you know, how do I, how do you rationalize continuing on your path mm-hmm. when this obstacle comes in front of you that you think now is because of what you're doing now, but really it's because of what you were what you had been doing for the longest time, like it's really difficult to 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 be persistent in your new way of life mm-hmm. when this obstacle is coming in front of you, and you don't have the correlation to past, right? So let's say, okay, I got cancer, right? Now the whole and and I tell the community now they're going to say, well, okay, we can't be barefoot, yeah, we can't, we we shouldn't change anything about what we're doing, right? We shouldn't be more connected to the earth because that's going to cause this, yeah, but you know, and again, I'm just playing this idea. I haven't really fully developed it yet, but it's go- It would be, it would become really hard for me to rationalize and create yep. reason around the idea that I need to keep doing this that I'm doing now yep. because it is what's going to help me to fight what ha- I had done to myself for the last 29 or so years. Yep. Right. Like think about that. And even contextually, like, I like the, the illustration you gave. Going to extremes really paints a more potent picture for a lot of people. But let's replace cancer with um, foot pain and the lifestyle change of going barefoot more. And we see this all the time. It's like, okay, I started going barefoot more. And now my feet hurt more. So maybe I shouldn't go barefoot as much because it's not good for me. Yeah. And then you say, well, maybe you've detuned and deconditioned your feet for your entire life. So now going barefoot, which is good for you, which is the natural state of the human body hurts because of what you did in the past 30 years because of what footwear has done you're now deconditioned exactly and the problem is is 
the the convert because that's a deep story right like that's a complex story that you have to speak to someone that knows how to help you and give them the story which takes time right that person needs to understand okay this is you right now this is what you've been changing this is what you've done your whole life get kind of a snapshot and that doesn't happen in 15 minute doctor's appointment and so even if the person that's supposed to help guide you and navigate this and help get you to understand that okay these changes doesn't necessarily mean that it caused this this can be what caused this and this is where we need to keep going because this is this is the path to health no one's being there as a resource to be used as needed to help address these questions and give good advice Mm -hmm. and i think that's where that's where people get lost like people can get off get lost off path in so many different ways but i think that's a big one where it's like you get someone starting something new and then it doesn't go as planned and they haven't been given the background information on these are possible things that could happen because of this. And these are outliers that might not even be related to this whatsoever, but it doesn't change the course, right? right. It doesn't change. And, and I think people need to, just like yourself, you can't just be told something and then do it for the sake of doing it. You have to be able to rationalize it and understand it. And I think when people understand, even at a base level, why something's happening or why something's good for their body, their buy-in is is astronomical because now they they know right they're not just being fed stuff they're you know i always tell people at the seminar don't believe anything i say just be open-minded that this stuff could work and try it and prove to yourself it works yeah i think our i think our our whole focus both of us uh like our shared vision is to teach people how to ask questions yes we're not trying to teach people what's right or wrong we're trying to teach people to ask why yeah um and school and, teaches you not to ask questions. Yeah, school and, teaches you to learn didactic stuff that's told to you. And yeah. I think that's... And in, in medicine, in medicine, a, a big part of the problem is that there's like this bias towards action, right? So like, let, let's go back to the, let's go back to this story. Let's say I'm not a, a, you know, I'm not educated in health and wellness. And I made these changes just because somebody told me and now I have this really bad disease and I'm at the doctor. And the doctor, his bias is going to be to do something mm-hmm. right like he'll he's well first of all he probably won't ask me about this new lifestyle that i'm living but you know he'll he'll say well okay we got to do something he won't he'll never say you know jeff i'm really sorry to hear this um it's that's that's really terrible i i, I believe that it's due to um you know the the past trauma that you've caused your body but it sounds like you're doing the right things and i want us to keep trying that for a little while they're never going to do that right you paid them money you scheduled the appointment they're gonna do something Mm -hmm. and that's a whole other chronic problem that's happening in this world where people feel and this happens in government a lot that they have to do something in order to prove that they're doing that that they're worth, that they're worthy, or yeah, they're worthwhile. That they're giving value. Yeah, they're, they're providing value. But so many times, the right answer is just do nothing, yeah, right? Like don't change anything. And it's on both sides of the fence too, because I think if a patient goes into a doctor's office and they say, "I'm having all these problems," and all the doctor says is, "Okay, here are a couple things you can change with what you're eating," and how about let's get, how about I prescribe you eight hours of sleep per night? That person's going to leave and be like, "I didn't get pills or anything. I, I didn't yeah. get." I didn't get anything yeah. from that appointment. Yeah. And they, I, I think it's the expectation that they're going to go in and have a quick solution and the willingness of the medical community to try and give them a quick solution. It's like both sides yeah. of the coin. It's a problem on both sides. Yeah. So I haven't built out this offering for myself for people, but I already d- just kind of naturally do it because people reach out to me mm-hmm. to ask me. But I've become somewhat of like a healthcare guide mm-hmm. right or an advocate i'm not that's a good word for it there, there are there's a there's actually a field of health healthcare advocacy where where people usually like ex case managers 
some nurses, they, they have this healthcare advocate certification where you pay them to help you manage the system, right? Because mm-hmm. they have your best interests in mind yep. and they will, they will ask the questions that you don't know how to ask, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. And I would love for anybody who out there who's having doubts about their journey through a healthcare system process to reach out to me and, and, and see if I can help you because mm-hmm. I, know, I know it from all angles at this point, yeah. right? med school medicine hospital um now outpatient practice running a practice which Mm -hmm. we 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 haven't gotten there yet but um really help people understand what they what not only what their rights are what they're you know what what they are allowed to do Mm -hmm. but translate the the language because it's a different language and and help them to ask themselves different questions about what they actually need and don't need, mm-hmm. right? Like, what will your life look like if you do this versus that mm-hmm. in 10, 15, 20 years? Yeah. I think people are, you know, quick to say, well, the research proves this or the research proves that. But most research is not long-term outcomes research. It's not, you know, we're not following these patients for 30, 40, 50 years and seeing how the you know how what is the result of of all of this and it's so complex right the the human body and the connection between systems is so complex that you just never really know right (laughs) so it's always better to keep it simple um going back to my to the story so throughout med school i i just got so i would i would almost get upset i would get angry you know listening to these people knowing that it's just not you're you're all you're all treating symptoms and you're <laughs> you're playing a a, a, a symptom trade-off game yeah. right it's like my this hurts so i take this pill and the pain goes away but then i have renal failure yeah. it's like okay so <laughs> so, so my kidneys don't function anymore but i'm i don't have pain so i'm i'm good yeah that's a bad but trade-off we're, we're we're cool everything's great right it's like it's all a trading game there's no in in healthcare you never go up. Yeah. You just you're just, just la- go you're, laterally. You're, you're yeah, you're going lateral, you're trading. You're yeah. always you're always trading one thing for another. Healthcare healthcare in general and this I this I truly truly believe it's not the physician mindset, but the executive mindset in healthcare says they look at a spreadsheet, they say, "Okay, how do we make more money?" <laughs> Um, because, that's where the problem starts. And, oh yeah, well, that's where, that's where the real problem starts. But, but, but you, you, you come to a realization very quickly in healthcare that the way to make money is to make sure that people are sick. Yeah. Sort of sick. Yeah. Right? Like in between normal and deathbed. I, I have this sort of spectrum. I the deathbed at, at, the, at the far left where dreams are made of, right? Like where the health dreams happen is like well, the far right. Yeah. You're somewhere in the middle. Healthcare wants you to be somewhere between where you are now and your deathbed, not all the way there because then they stop making money off of you when you die. Yep. Um, they don't want you over here because yeah. that's not where they make money. The, the healthcare system is trying to change that whole model by creating what they call capitated models or basically they pay you a fee per month per person, and something that we spoke about over the weekend that in theory it's great, but the healthcare executives are seeing a different model of that where they just try to keep people out of the hospital at whatever cost no matter how sick they are yeah they don't try to make them healthy they just try to keep them away from spending money which is it's it's a house of cards 
right? Yeah. It's like the housing bubble. It's gonna it, that will crash. That will crash, and you're seeing it. Most a lot of the primary care groups around town, mm-hmm. they're they're having a tough time. They're 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 splitting at the seams, right? Like yeah. they, nobody talks about it. They all seem like they're growing and they're 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 building more offices and more mm-hmm. of this and more of that. But <clears throat> you speak to the guys up top, and they they don't have very they don't have great things to say about it and it's just a matter of time before and, and we see so in canada doctors are paid by the government um and they've tried several different models i think they've, they tried one model where they had healthcare teams that get a certain amount of money this practice group gets a certain amount of money from the government um but what they're finding is that it's really they're not they're not thinking with the right base premise in mind right okay number one base premise we want people to be healthy because for no reason other than the fact that if they're not healthy this whole thing collapses because the expense, the cost per person to keep that person healthy is way higher when that person is full of disease and doesn't even understand health, the basics of health. If they can't even put good food in their mouth during the day, every day, do you really think that that body is going to function well? So that's base premise one. Base premise two is how do we align the incentive structure of number one, making health profitable? Because right now disease is profitable. And I just think people don't realize that health is actually way more profitable. It's just everyone's scared because it's not, it's not as simple as just you're hurt. I give you something to make you hurt a little bit less, but not get rid of the problem. And then you have to keep coming back. It's a very simple, it's a pretty simple model to kind of look at and analyze. Um, well, it's, and also we, we did talk about the fact that our ROI return on investment doesn't strike the right chords in people, but in in healthcare, these people haven't seen the the model work. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen the healthy people cost the system less model. They haven't seen it. It doesn't it hasn't existed. Yeah. So it's hard for them to to even consider it because yeah, it's not on the radar. I'll, I'll give you an example, like a real estate example. I like to give examples. I I dabble in a lot of different industries, so I like to give examples across industries to make it for everybody to be able to understand the concept. But you have Wynwood, which which we walked through. Wynwood in Miami, it's like the most incredibly booming little eco-culture bubble, mm-hmm. art bubble that's happened in Miami. It's it, The real estate has grown at <clears throat> the, the, probably one of the fastest rates anyone has ever seen in history, right? People who bought warehouses for a couple hundred thousand dollars are getting offers for tens of millions yeah, over crazy. a span of 10 years. Um, however, I don't, I don't know if you noticed, but you don't see any uh, high-rise residential. It doesn't exist, no. right? Um, and that's because nobody has seen that model in Wynwood before. So no investor, no developer wants to be the first one to try it because they don't know. They have no comps. They have no comparables. They don't know how much is the rent going to go for? How much is the apartment going to sell for? They mm-hmm. don't get it. They, there's, they can't build a good financial model because they haven't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's the same thing. They've never seen it. They don't know if their assumptions are going to be correct. They don't know what it's going to cost. So it's going to take time and it's going to take one pioneer. You, there, is, there is now one tower going up. One person had the... Like they say in Miami, the cojones, cojones. <laughs> the cojones to do it, right? They had to 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 be that that first mover, yeah, to be the one who and that's the first domino, right? And and they could they they might fail, they might you de- you don't know, but you know the but it opens the conversation up to to say this is a viable, this is ge- potential. But guess what? Building two just started going up behind it, <laughs> yeah. Because now, because once you see it, 
starting you're like oh shit like i better as a developer or let's say as now going back to healthcare as a you know if the first primary care group takes the the plunge and commits to making the change mm-hmm. to to running a wellness based medical model then everybody's going to say oh god they're going to leave me in the dust yeah. right like they proof the model they proof the concept and say this is viable this is you know yeah, I mean that's that's what needs to happen, and I think it is probably hap- it's clearly it's happening, but it's not happening at a scale that even makes us aware of the fact that this group's doing it. This group's doing it. You know, like I don't, I know there are practitioners, like yeah. you know, um, what was the guy on that podcast there, that physician? Oh, Zach Bush. Zach Bush. Like it's yeah. <laughs> like you know, people like that are doing models that are ethical, that make sense. Um, you know, they're probably not getting lucrative off it, but they're doing something that allows them to feel good. And I know there are certain healthcare practitioners. There's a guy in um, near Ottawa that basically took away the whole medical model of the way healthcare is done and basically said, I'm going to scale down my office so that I have basically no overhead. I'm going to figure out how many people do I have to treat in order to make myself be able to pay my bills and live the lifestyle. And it's a conservative lifestyle. This guy's not trying to drive a Lamborghini in Ottawa or whatever. And, and he put those numbers together and he has a small practice with one assistant, almost no overhead. And he only, he has a group of people and it's basically 24 hours. He basically says, if you have an emergency, you can text me. Yeah. It's called patients. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And, and I mean, obviously, you know, what we're seeing in Ottawa is doctors are getting overworked, right? If you get paid $15 for an appointment, you need to do a lot of appointments to make that money. And it's, it's like, you know, or $30 or whatever it is. It's not very much. And so these doctors are literally forced to do the kind of volume that makes them, in terms of stress level, doctors are getting sick trying to deliver medicine oh, in a system that forces them to see people and not be effective at that. And I think that's part of the reason these doctors are getting stressed is like, oh my God, I'm seeing people all day. I'm redlining my body to try and help people in a way that's not sustainable because I can't truly help people in that time. Yeah, I mean, in medical school... I realized very quickly, and I used to say it all the time, doctors give up their health for the sake of others. Yeah. Not, you know, not, the, not that the right health is being delivered. I hate to, you know, I hate to do that. But, but they're trying but, to. But they're trying, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're giving up themselves for the sake of others. They're, they're, yeah. I, we, I can't tell you how many times I pulled 40-hour days 40 hour days. Um, I remember once I was, you know, I was, I was big in orthopedics because I always first, I love physics. I love mechanics. I love the way that things move. And orthopedics is like, you know, the study of fixing the body when it's not moving properly kind of. Um, and I think that orthopedics is one of the most pure specialties in specifically trauma. Um, there's obviously some, some, uh, uh, you know, like black market type, yeah. you know, used car salesman business, especially in <laughs> sports ortho, yeah. um, you know, fixing meniscus and different things that don't necessarily need to be fixed for, because you know, that the saying goes to a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? To a yeah. surgeon, everything looks like a surgical, a surgical case. Yeah. Um, but I really loved it because a bone breaks and if you don't put it back together, you're, that person's going to suffer for the rest of their life. And we did some really beautiful work and some really amazing, uh, some amazing work, especially, especially in trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we're doing is we're taking that model and we're applying it to health and wellness. Like right. that is a, that acute management. It's almost like how we used to manage acute 
um, disease in terms of like bacterial infections or something like that, right? Here is a disease. We give a treatment. The treatment is effective. We have way less people dying from fungal and bacterial diseases, but that model does not work for chronic knee pain. We're treating a, we're treating chronic problems with an acute mindset, and that I think yeah. that's where the big problem is. And we just need to realize, like someone with knee pain that they've had for ten years doesn't need the same acute management for that chronic problem yep. that we would give to someone that fractures their patella. Like it's, yeah. it's different. Yeah, I mean, and, and think about it. Imagine being the guy who invented the first antibiotic, right? The first, like the penicillin. I for, I don't remember who it was and what year exactly, but imagine being that person. How excited would you be to have discovered yeah, this, um, like, bact- you know, bact- infections and death death due to communicable infections is one of the is was the biggest problem in this world Mm -hmm. it's not anymore we've gotten way past that but that was the number one killer um imagine being the guy who discovered the cure like how excited and being part of that time in life not just being the guy who discovered it but being part of that time as a physician as someone who helps people to be able to deliver to them something that is going to to cure quote unquote their infection yeah their infection like when you get sick to go to to be to to be able to go to somebody and 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 you or you to be that person to when someone comes in sick be give them something and say this is going to get rid of your sickness yeah that's incredible and Mm -hmm. that that makes you feel so amazing as a human to be able to help that person to or but the problem is that they look at you know, maybe this, the span of this week in time, but they don't think about, they're not thinking about the long term. And something that we, that we spoke about before is what is the long term consequence of this? Like, is mm-hmm. this really necessary? When I get sick, I do not take antibiotics. I will say that again. When I get sick, I do not take anti, I don't take pills. I don't take Advil. I don't take Tylenol. I don't take anything. I tell my body, okay, we're going through something. It's okay. You're going to learn how to fight this. I'm going to treat you well so you're in the best position to I'm fight gonna this. Tr- I, I, I try to treat my body well at all times. And actually, that's, that's another thing is that I think people don't really understand what most people don't understand what treating your body well is. Like yeah. Sometimes treating your body well means don't give it any food. So that's yeah. treating your body well. Like Let your body rest. Right. Let your body take a break from digesting. Digesting is very taxing on your body. If your body's digesting your immune system is not fighting yeah. right when when i'm fighting disease i'm not i'm not eating i'm 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 take i'm giving my body a break from its normal tasks and saying there's something going on you need to learn how to take care of this yeah. take care of it and then next time when my body sees that pathogen that bacteria that virus i will be fine mm-hmm. right and so you know being sick is okay being sick is your body like fighting is your body learning yeah right so it's just you got to sort of reprogram your your perception your perception and your approach 100%. right so okay great you discovered this pill it's helping it's helping people quote unquote it's helping them feel better quicker mm-hmm. but what's the long-term consequence yeah. and we're, see, we're seeing we're seeing we're seeing it right yeah. like these super bugs that are resistant to every antibiotic people get yeah. sick people who take antibiotics get sick more often people who wash their hands all the time get sick more often being the i think you know there's such a disconnect between the cause and effect right people yeah. who who 
don't want to get sick get sick clean the themselves <laughs> all the time yeah. and that leads them that is the cause of them getting sick yeah. so the the thing that they were doing to try to prevent the outcome that they're trying to avoid is causing the outcome that they're trying to avoid so yeah. to all the people out there who are clean freaks if you want, if you are a clean freak because you cannot stand to see dirt on you because you can't look at your hand without it being washed great go ahead knock yourself out but if you're constantly getting sick but maybe if, reevaluate it but if no but if you're doing it because you think because you want you don't want to be sick yeah stop doing that because yeah. that is causing you to be sick so stop doing the things that are producing the outcome that you're trying to avoid my, right my favorite one is like you know i'll sometimes go for a walk outside in canada when it's snowing barefoot just for shits because it's i i know i'm not gonna harm my body yeah my feet might get a bit cold but if you have blood flow in your feet if you don't get as cold fyi um and then the first thing people say is oh you're you aren't you afraid to catch a cold <laughs> and in my brain i just like roll my eyes in my brain i don't actually but it's yeah. like these people just don't yeah. the problem is is they've the the biggest question i want to ask that person is who told you that being cold makes you get a cold where did you learn this? And they're like, well, it's just my mom told me. You know, when I was a kid, I go outside, I wasn't wearing enough cold. They say, oh, you're going to catch cold, put this on. So it starts at an early age and it's just global perception. And I think it's really going to take a generational shift of, of, you know, the next generation of families that have access to information. And, and, you know, we can even talk about how access to information is always a double edged sword because then it becomes you have this massive gathering of information that's accessible at your fingertips everywhere at all times so it's not actually access to information that's the obstacle for a lot of people it's we've been bred to not ask questions or 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 make critical decisions like decision making skills and evaluating good knowledge is a skill most people no longer have they see something on facebook oh shit bacon's bad for me it causes cancer okay i'm gonna tell all my friends that because i want to tell them the coolest newest stuff it's like we need to get better at evaluating information, and that's really what we're trying to do. Is we we're conduits to vet through. Okay, this is good information. This is bad information. Let's put this out on a on a platform that you know everything is out in the open. We want to help people understand how to be healthier. That's the team we're on. And if you're not on that team, then we don't. You know, we're not going to be friends. <laughs> you know, and I think most people might not be on that team without even realizing they're not on that team. And that's what yeah, people need to the, start. To yeah, you don't know what you don't know, but I think everybody wants to be on that team. I agree. And I and again, I think that you know I was thinking about this a lot, and and you get into an, a certain industry, right? Like let's say the orthotics industry, right? Mm-hmm. You get into the industry, and the the reason you got into the industry was because you you thought it was a good, you thought it was something good. Mm-hmm. You thought it was it was a good it was a good solution for people. And, and you, you want to help and, there, and there's money in it. Yeah. Right. So it's good. Everything's good. It, it, it all makes sense. And then you get into the industry, right? So you're like deep into this industry. You're, you're networking with other, uh, orthotics co- companies. You're, you know, you go to the conferences and you're seeing the, you know, the data that favors your opinion. Mm-hmm. And at some point you're so deep in there that you don't, you just get lost in it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, and it's not that, and you came into it with the right it becomes intention. And it's it's so you know it's so real to you that orthotics are good that that's what it is right mm-hmm. like that's what your life is and for someone to come and say you know you're wrong you're just gonna dismiss them exactly because because 
you live and breathe this every day and mm-hmm. and it's real for you and it's it's truth for you so how are we going to wake people up in that world i'm not sure i'm still trying to figure it out you know we always talk about storytelling and emotions and i think that you know i think we're gonna we'll get there to the point where we can tell a really cohesive and really simple story that will touch on the emotions of these people so much so that they'll they'll sort of maybe wake up Mm -hmm. right like we're all all of us suffer from this uh syndrome of being like so deep in our worlds that we don't see the you know we can't pop our heads out and see the, you know from like the airplane view like everything that's going on mm-hmm. um and i think that listening to that podcast uh that zach bush podcast that we've that i've shared that i think was extremely powerful and thank you zach for all the incredible work rich you roll do. rich roll podcast with zach bush i think there's two parts yeah. it made my brain explode it was very right so and it's yeah. made me question my whole approach to nutrition right like i was i'm the kind of person that said you know I always said processed food is bad, but I said, you know, sugar is bad and you got to eat this and avoid that and, you know, avoid the legumes because they have toxins and, th- but there's such a simpler answer and it's, and we've been back and forth on it the whole weekend is, do you know where your food is coming from? Do you know how it was made? Do you know you how picture it in your brain? Do you know how it was created? Do you know who made it? Do you know? who 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 watered it or who fed it or who you know who picked it out of the ground what happened from that point until it was given to you that there's a crazy statistic that the you know an apple that you that you buy at like whole foods or even some of these you know organic quote unquote organic places will sit on the shelf for months and months and months or in a freezer for months and months before it comes to you like what do you think happens to that food before it gets into your body so you know they say that pasta and rice and bread is bad for you but i i don't i don't really think it's necessarily the sugar in it i think it's the stripping of all of its energy mm-hmm. right like the all of these things have something in common and it's that they're all full of chemicals they're all stripped away of all their nutrients they're nutritionally empty right they're calories you're eating empty calories right. and not only but you're eating yeah. low energy low vibrational calories Right. Like there's they they have these studies and I I don't know enough about them, but I I did hear about it. And, you know, these foods that are highly processed are very low vibrational frequency, very low energy. And they when you put them inside your body, which is an energetic being, your body gets your your body's energy vibration gets affected by it. So, they you know, good vibes, right? Like Mm -hmm. good vibes are high vibes, high Mm -hmm. vibrations, high, high frequency energy mm-hmm. when you interact with beautiful things and natural things those are high energy beings right and you sort of you guys come into a a you got your energies meet and they they meet in the middle somewhere mm-hmm. um when you put low energy your energy will drop mm-hmm. right and that causes problems in your body and that and when you mess with your body's energy that's when disease starts to happen you break down the connections between cells you know you your the the leaky gut happens and you know then it just becomes a cascade of inflammation and i think that the big part of the inflammational pattern is has to do with this energy that this frequency of your body Mm -hmm. right when your body's not vibing at the right level when things aren't vibrating you know together it starts to <laughs> As break. Jeff makes a vibrate. <laughs> it starts to break down, um, and so you know it's so much more simple yes. than we're all making it out to be. Yeah. 
it's you just gotta t- take it down to its bare bones like the whole concept of barefoot is not about taking off your shoes it's about stripping away or shedding those these synthetic things that have been built into your life mm-hmm. that have no real purpose or or don't contribute to your purpose mm-hmm. right they don't help you be a better human they actually maybe help you in the moment but the goal is long longevity yeah. right if you think of i always tell people this if you think about health in any way but with a long-term mindset if you're in the health world you're not thinking you're about not it from the right perspective health. right because to to take away someone's pain this week at the expense of them not understanding how to get rid of that pain for the rest of their life is not a good trade-off and it's right. and it's easy and that's and that's what people have grown to almost expect from the medical system and so the medical system is all too happy to give it to them but we really need to like you said airplane view macro view is this the right thing for me long term not just why does my foot hurt but like why what have i done to make my body send me pain signals make my body that is highly resilient and robust and heals itself it's literally a healing machine you do something bad to it you drink alcohol your body processes it okay it only breaks down when you overload it and it's like i can't handle this shit anymore so i gotta send signals to this big bubble of jelly up there in that skull to say you better change this shit or else it's not going to get better like you're not it's it's an evolutionary advantage to have pain because it's a signal for change and people interpret that as a signal that needs to be hidden and not something that needs to be needs to be understood and i think that's like you know uh, and i think it's important to talk about these conceptual things because you don't have to talk about diet separate from feet separate from low back pain because it's all the same base premise of why what are we doing why does everyone have low back pain what are we all doing that human bodies are not designed to do that's causing a similar pattern of problems and it's always the same thing it's always a break away from natural function yes it's always that right like when you eat these 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 processed foods you're get your your the farther away from natural you are the worse it is for you yeah the the more you put between you and the ground the more cushion between you you know under your feet the worse that's going to be for you and mm-hmm. it's that it's it's that simple and anybody who tries to build complexity on top of it is just feeding you lies you know and it might be because the, they don't in, know in the movement world in the movement world um the, the the ultimate goal of a human, I think, and for all of us, I really believe that this is sort of, you know, par for the course for everybody, is that you want to be able to live as long a life as possible while being healthy. And that means yes. not requiring um, help from other from outside things. Right? That's resilience is mm-hmm. being able to just depend on what you have built in to get you through life. Because it's way more powerful than what people think. It's way more right. effective at fixing things than what people think. Right. And the way to build that, the way to build that life is to challenge yourself, right? I always say that challenge is the product of growth due to, resi- due to challenge, mm-hmm. right? Resilience is growth due to challenge, right? You challenge your body, it becomes stronger and it becomes more capable of taking care of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more synthetic things you put around it, the worse off it's going to be. But then, you know, there's people who want to do uh, movement plus, let's say, right? So natural movement just means like when I'm 80 years old, I can walk and run. It doesn't mean like I look jacked. I look diesel and I look, you know, I have that Miami body, right? The beach body. It's summer all year round. You got to look great. Um, As we've discussed, that's a product. That's a natural byproduct of 
moving naturally and living naturally exactly right like we just saw we were just with a guy yesterday who's approaching 60 and he looks fantastic and he tells us that all he does is just buy natural foods cooks them himself every every day and just spends time in nature and tries and for exercise he just you know does some some stuff like nothing yeah. crazy and the guy looks incredible right and he what looks, i loved about him was he was curious he was asking you questions he at, always you know? asking questions like he's not like oh i know the keys i'm healthy whatever he yeah. was like what else can i do what do you do to be healthy yeah. you know and it was beautiful because that mindset is literally what got him to be where he is because he's constantly curious to see how do i make this machine work better because i know when my machine works better i just live a better life yeah and, he, and it's and he keeps it simple yeah. Right. Um, so, you know, there's these people who want to do movement plus who want to, you know, be able to do a handstand and be able to get in all these crazy contortionist positions. And that's great. But, you know, that's mo- that's plus. Yeah. Right. That's just I want to kind of, you know, prove something to myself or, mm-hmm. you know, to the community. And and for and it's great that some people do that because it it shows an extreme of human potential mm-hmm. so that everybody else can sort of land in the middle. Mm-hmm. Right. It shows what one, one I, extreme I, of walk, I walk around barefoot because I want to show somebody the sort of extreme mm-hmm. of natural living so that they can start to fall somewhere closer to that. Yes. Right. Like they can see where they are now and see where somebody else is and say, well, maybe I can take some steps to push more in that direction. Mm-hmm. Right, like it makes them question things. It's like I didn't know people could walk around barefoot, exactly. you know. And they're like, okay, it makes it puts or it a just, seed in It reminds like, them. Mm, it yeah. reminds them of a time, right, of their childhood yeah, when they that. didn't rely on things, when they just ran around and were excited about life, about bubbles, about sunshine. Like yeah. I remember when I was little, and all of these adults would be so they would be almost allergic to the sun. They would they would want to be in the shade and like covered. And I would I remember just being so excited about being sunny. I would want to be out there all day and I didn't <laughs> care if my eyes were squinting and if I was, you know, and it, it yeah. was beaming on me and I felt hot like it was just so exciting and I think you know, be, living naturally is sort of going back to living like when you were a kid, just being excited, um just exploring what is what you're capable of without anything else around you and i think that's a more um you know people talk about oh we should be you know our bodies are designed for ten thousand years ago cavemen it's like instead of trying to live like cavemen why don't you just try and live like when you were a kid when you found playful pleasure in just moving in movement in just being in the present moment caring about what's happening at that point in time and i think one thing from that zach bush podcast that i really really liked was we don't have to go back to the paleolithic era to understand how to eat if we ate like we ate 200 years ago, we'd be so much better off. Absolutely. You know, so it's not go back in time thousands of years. It's go back in time 100 years because in the last 100, we've done some weird things that flew under the radar and are now starting, you know, starting to have consequences. And it's yeah. this thing where it's very hard to know this if you're not actually seeking out the knowledge, right? That's the problem. People go to the grocery store and they're like, oh, this is a giant, red, beautiful tomato that looks like it should be in a freaking magazine. It's like, <laughs> where did that tomato come from? And how did it yeah. get to be that perfect shape? Because... Tomatoes aren't per- I grow garden tomatoes in my garden. They don't look that nice, but they taste delicious and they don't make me feel like shit if I eat a bunch of them. Exactly. And you know, we talk again back pasta and all this stuff. You go to certain places and you eat it and your body feels energized and it feels amazing the next day. And then you go, you know, you eat it out of a box and you feel like garbage. Yeah. And it's again, I don't think I really don't think it's 
the actual contents of the food as much as it is the vibrational energy, which is a product of its whole life cycle. Like, how was it treated? How was it? Mm. How, who cared for it? Right? Yeah. How much love was put into making it? I, I know people think of this as like this, like juju stuff, and like you know, but it's symbolic. People, and, I look and, I, at- and I used to, th- I used to be the same way. I used yeah. to think, man, these people are nuts, right? <laughs> like these people are nuts. But I've, I've, I've started to see it more and more. This, the power of, of energy, and and the fact that we're all made of energy, and that. You know, when someone walks into a room, it can totally transform you and your emotions and your whole view on life. Just having somebody walk into a room yeah. or something, an animal, a dog, right? Like mm-hmm. dogs are always so excited and they always, they change you. Dog, yeah. Having a dog present in a room changes everything about the dynamics, yeah. right? Like people bring dogs to, for therapy to hospitals and it, it can heal somebody. Like having a, a dog present can heal a person. So what are we missing right like what have we lost and it's that 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 understanding that we're all intimately connected right and all we need is ourselves yeah all we need is each other and the the things that already exist and that are that exist because they came to be on their own or they came to be through love and through through passion and just millions of years of of just this what this planet has to offer mm-hmm. and i think community is a big one is a big element to that because community is what allows you to be around other people that are sharing a similar journey that are looking to find out the truth in the same way that you are and it's not to say that there's one person in the community that knows everything and tells everyone it's like we're all figuring the shit out together i'm still trying to figure out how to make my feet healthier and how to open up my ankles more like you know, there's always your body's a constant work in progress and your understanding of health is dynamic. It changes. And the only thing you need is to be open minded that, for example, you think of diet in a certain way your whole life. Someone says something different instead of writing them off as crazy, being like, OK, well, what points is this person making that I can actually understand? And maybe this is way different, you know, and I think saying love or energy in terms of food is an abstraction of just thinking, you know, it's not some person there making out with the pasta box and giving the love. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, someone caring, you know, am I making this food in a way that's going to be good for people or am I making it in a way that can just be put in a grocery store and sell a lot of, yeah. you know, that love energy is an abstraction of just the journey that that substance took from its inception which hopefully there was an inception that wasn't in a machine um, to going into your mouth. And I think the disconnect of thinking about where our food was or how it came to be, which I love the way you put that because it is so simple is, is an important thing. You got to simplify things. Yeah. So the, the challenge this month, as you know, very well, um, try to eat foods that or foods, whose life life cycle you know yeah. you know where they that you you know as much as you can about the food that you're consuming where did it come from who made it you know who created it how did they care for it and i that's it's really hard especially in miami yeah but you especially know what? Okay. in cities so let's talk about miami because my perception of and i think uh, this is my first time in miami my perception is this is a place where you go on spring break. This is a place where you go to a beach bar, no shirt on, with a bunch of other, you know, raves, dudes that have raves, drugs, <laughs> yeah, party, like that that's, that's big my pecs, enemy. big pecs and biceps, and like to party, like stay out all night. I, this is definitely, and I don't know if it's because you've given me like a, um, cultivated or what, do you, whatever you want to call it. You've given me a specific 
snapshot a curated, of Miami, yeah. a curated snapshot. But like the food scene here is insane in terms of options to be able to go to. It's almost like you have to seek out the unhealthy stuff instead of having <laughs> to seek out the healthy stuff. And it's beautiful. Like that place that we went to where there's like a big terrace, you know, it's beautiful. There's lights, palm tree, and there's neon signs. There's a Miami side, but there's also like, you look around, everyone's eating poke bowls. Everyone's yes. eating healthy food. And, and even something like, this guy's literally living what he's talking about in terms of finding out the lifestyle. We went and ate food. I ordered a burger and fries from a restaurant that it was, you know, it's not just like a fast food place, but first thing Jeff fires at the guy is, do you guys make these fries yourself? Did you cut them? Where are your potatoes from? And it was like the guy was so caught off guard. But it was beautiful because, you know, you can see what your brain's going through of trying to explore. Where did this come from? And does that, and can I understand it well enough that I can eat one of those fries? (laughs) So it was good. Right. So as, like we said, I mean, you can have a a 300 different experiences of Miami, depending on who brought you here. But I think that people, I think, I think people really believe that Miami does not have this wellness culture but and I'm not talking about people who like to work out and look mm. good because yeah. that Miami has that we know that yeah. but people who are mindful who are conscious who who want to see a different just a different collective understanding of the world like who, who want to see that different collective understanding happening in Miami um, you know meditation yoga um, well, Modern Ohm was an example. On a Friday okay. night, instead of going out and drinking at a bar, we went to a place called Modern Ohm that does group meditations, and it was an open night where people... This It was very inspiring, it's powerful. Yeah, because people were getting up in front of a group of people and doing whatever it was, spoken word or singing or poems, and people were getting up for the first time ever in front of a, an audience or in front of other people, other, probably other than their family, and doing things that they were scared shitless to do. That one girl was like, okay, can we all take a breath together? And it was almost like a way to drop the barrier. And she's like, I'm shaking. And she said it. And everyone, and it was beautiful. And everyone loved it. And it was such a cool thing that like, these people that independently would never do this on their own came together as just like a non-threatening, non-judgmental place of just like awesomeness. And that kind of thing. That I, like I didn't even know that was a thing. Yep. I didn't know group meditation or, or like a community that tightly knit where everyone is just nice to each other and no one is afraid of being judged like that is you can see people's face light up when they finish that where they're like oh my god i'm gonna do this again because that felt amazing yeah you know it was cool miami is not the place that you'd associate uh the words safe space with yeah. right miami is a play a very judgmental place a very competitive place yeah um but to to it's got both sides you know mike mike lickhoff the, who, the founder of modern home um, I think one of the most incredible things that he has created is is a safe space where people feel empowered to share things and and whatever it is that they've never shared with a single person in their life. You know how hard that is? I know how hard that is. I, I'm sure. sure everybody that's listening knows how hard it is to share something that you've never shared with anybody ever and to just stand up on a stage in front of 50 people or so, maybe even more, and to just let it out for the first time ever, like, yeah, it was I mean, cool. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure some of those people went home and just like cried their eyes out, right? Because like they they probably didn't understand it at the moment, but it, when they process it, it's like, holy shit, I've been doing this for, I've been doing this in my head for th- 20 years, yeah. right? And now all of a sudden, I just let it out, and it's like, it was for me, it was very, it was. Man, like, there was legit talent there too. 
Like all, Holy I thought God, it was like okay. So a group of people, they're asking me. They're like, "Do you want to do something tonight?" I was like, "Okay." If they're asking this, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be, teach people how to move again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This will be interesting. <laughs> but then you go up, and they're like, "Wow, that guy that just sang, sang literally sounds like I could listen to a song on Apple Music." Like it was very, it was very cool. Yeah. Um, but definitely a side of Miami that that I wasn't expecting, and that is very cool to see because I know that a lot of the stuff that we've done this weekend, I can't even do in Ottawa. Right? I can't even do it in the capital of Canada because it's just not available. And yes, part of it is the outdoor culture here and the health culture because it's summer all year round. And um, it's just a different geographic space in terms of the climate and all that kind of stuff. But there's just it's not as big of a health community in Ottawa as there is here, even though you have the flip side of it. So it's very cool to see and definitely... Uh, you know, and even the people we spoke to, Mark at Anatomy, or we went to um, Legacy, where we're doing the seminar later today, and just just a cool atmosphere of people that are just all trying to navigate and get figure out health together, whether that's training or whether that's you know multifacets of health. Like we went to Anatomy, and they have the cold tubs, they have the sauna, they have the full package in terms of you want to you want to train, we have that. You want to do recovery, you want to um, understand health at a deeper level, whether it's nutrition or cold exposure or whatever. You know, people are hungry for the knowledge, and they're not afraid to seek it out and to or to bring it in. Um, so yeah, just super and, cool and to providing, see. Providing them with the tools to challenge themselves. Yeah, right uh, and. Again, my Miami, and I'm sure in Ottawa there there might be a group or or there, or there might not, right? But for me, but we're trying to create that. It's for, it's slow, but for, it's coming. For me, going, you know, I've been on this transformation now for about a year. Um, it started off as um, exploring this concept of a different mindset of footwear around mm-hmm. footwear. Re- like honest, it started around that. I read, I I was. I was, I've always been a wellness guy, as, as you guys already know by now, you know, <laughs> go, rambling on for, I don't know how long it's been now, but, um, <laughs> but I, I started a podiatry practice and I needed to know what wellness meant in podiatry. I needed to understand. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm insanely curious and insanely wellness minded. So I read and read and I, I, you know, people sent me your posts and they, and they sent me articles and finally this um uh, this kid who i is one of my best friends good friends that i met at a bachelor at his bachelor party actually at like my friend's bachelor party and i met his friend yeah um he goes man have you read born to run and i said you know i keep i've i've heard about this book a million times and i've never read he goes he says you have to read it because i had i'd already bought my first pair of vivos and i was talking about it i was excited about it right (laughs) like i didn't know anything i didn't know i didn't know very much about it but it's it it's it made sense because my whole life and in medical school and everything none of it made sense because it was all about doing more and adding more things and more pills and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and this was all about about shedding and i was like and and i and i got it and it made sense then i read the book born and run and i was like oh my god this is real this is the real deal like people running hundreds of miles in sandals okay this is the, <laughs> possible this is, this is the real deal so then i then, that's when i started to just deep dive into it and what I what I found was that it started to permeate through all aspects of my life. Yes, this, re- this, this reductionist concept and this back to back to basics, back to natural concept. So now, as you see in my house, I don't have. I'm 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 shedding everything I can that's synthetic. I'm I'm trying to get away from, um, you know, everything from soap 
uh, toothpaste, shampoo. And it's incremental. You're not going and literally cleaning a house with a garbage oh, bag no, no, and throwing no, everything no, out. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to, okay, I'm using this product. Yeah. I wonder if this is the best product for me to use. For yeah, my and I, re- I, I, I research, okay. I research the ingredients. I look, I, I use uh, EWG a lot. Um, What's that? Yeah, the something, what is it? Um, environmental working group uh okay. they're they they test products and they oh, okay, they cool. test ingredients and they do they do a lot of the a lot of the you know the the legwork for you so that you can just go through their website and you can look up either an ingredient or you can look up a product and they'll mm-hmm. give you like their whole reasoning and all cool. the all the data behind it but you know i look up i look up everything and i and i try to just go back to the basics but you know in opening up these ideas around products and around how I how I engage with with different things in my life, it also changed how I engage with people, right? And so, because I'm on this journey, I think it has unlocked a different side of Miami that existed, but that I was that I wasn't really in tune with, that mm-hmm. I wasn't really ready for. I wasn't ready for. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think in every city, wherever you are, I think there are those people. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if there weren't before, there are now because it's just a general awakening that's happening in this world. Very new, very new. It's a general awakening that's happening in this world. Um, And to to honor and respect the people who have been doing this for a long time, it is new as a mainstream concept. But it's been the people there have there are people who have been practicing this for for many many years, and those people like props to them that that woke up a long time ago. Yep, and are pioneers and have probably faced a lot of resistance. Yeah, um, but I've just personally yeah, they were called, the they were called crazy. Important. Like yeah. we're like we're being called crazy now about about the barefoot mindset. Okay. I don't mind being they're, called crazy. Yeah, they were called crazy once upon a time too, and and the ones who stuck through it are the ones who truly believed in it, and they didn't and they knew and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that's you know when whenever you believe truly believe in something that you believe that something is real and you've really you know processed it in your head, don't like forget about everybody else. Yeah. Just keep so just noise. Keep keep being positive. Keep being happy, and keep spreading love. You know, and and positive energy. Um, I I speak. I you know, I was on a flight once, and this woman got on the flight, and she had she was with a couple kids, but and I guess the kids ended up sitting somewhere else, and she sits next to me. And I could just tell how upset she was. I could just, I could just feel it. I saw her. She was really. She didn't look happy. She wasn't crying or like really expressing it, but I could just tell. <clears throat> and I asked her. I asked her, what's wrong? You look upset. Is everything okay? And first of all, you know, before I continue the story, when you see someone who's not happy, like, reach out to them because, mm-hmm. and, 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 like, you just say hi to them. Just or smile yeah, at just them. Yeah, just say hi and, at a minimum. And, 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 and acknowledge their feelings. Like, you can tell, you, you can say that. You, you can go up to someone and say, hey, look, I, I can tell that you're upset. Is everything okay? Is there something I can do to help? And most times they'll say, no, I'm fine. Don't worry. And it's okay. Walk away. But every once in a while, you'll get somebody that, that'll open up and you could change their life, right? Mm-hmm. So this woman's really upset. She tells me that her son was pre-med and he's in college and now he doesn't want to do it anymore. And he wants to do environmental science. And she's so concerned as any, as any normal parent would be. Trust me, my parents are still not happy about <laughs> my decision to leave medicine because they care and they want me to yeah. be secure and financial wellness is important. And Having a secure income and knowing that you can work anywhere is important. I get that, but you know, I myself just couldn't be aligned with, you know, I can't be that person. But anyway, back to the story. She's she says her son. She's concerned about her son going to a different route, environmental science. There's no money. She says there's no money in that. And I and I 
And all I said was, listen, first of all, I went through that route and I had a very rude awakening. And I, you know, I woke up at 20, the mid 20 somethings, realizing that I couldn't do this and I had to go in a different direction. And it's been really tough for me to re to rebuild so a, diff- a whole different concept of life. But when you we live in a time there's so many people in this world that if you don't do what you absolutely love you will not get through life and when i say you will not get through life like you will be miserable you will be mm-hmm. unhappy you will not live a life you yeah. will just live whatever all, a lot of robots on this planet are doing right now mm-hmm. um and when you're doing what you love it's not necessarily that you'll end up doing that thing that you love but you're going to put out such an amazing energy into the world and so much passion and happiness and excitement that people will want to work with you. People will want to be around you. People will want to share that excitement, that passion, and they'll pull you in or or you'll go in the direction that you need to go, Mm -hmm. wherever that may be. But, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you like a hypothetical example. You know, you have person A, person B, person A is just went down the path of what made sense and is making money and they're miserable and they're unhappy and they're, they, they go to work and they go home every day. And, and that know, person they, might have they, a, a Porsche or a big house. Yeah. But the same yeah. holds true. Yeah. And they treat all these people, but like everyone can tell that, that you know, he's maybe a nice person and they get along, but that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have person B who's living their passion and they're just, they're so excited and they're happy every day and they're reaching out to people in their industry and, you know, they meet up. They meet a, a a person who, you know, happens to be a, a a wealthy guy who also enjoys that thing that they're doing, and he has this other business that he's working on, and he sees your passion, and he says, you know, I really love your energy, and I I have this other thing that I'm working on. I want you to come with me. Like that's extreme, and that's how the world works. Like mm-hmm. you, when you're when you're happy, when you're positive, when you're in your you know in your flow. You you, cre- you will create that that community, mm-hmm. which it, at the end of the day, it's all about that community. It's all about the community, right? And so, like, I changed my whole thing, my whole shtick, right? Like, I figured it out. I found out what makes me really passionate and what makes me feel purpose. And as a result, I have found these incredible people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I had to do the work on myself first, mm-hmm. and then I was able to to access those those people you have to that you know when everybody talks about you have to love yourself first you have to be happy first you have to you can't you can't go into a relationship hoping that it will make you a better version of yourself or that it will make you that person that you think that you need to be Mm -hmm. you really need to find you Mm -hmm. and in that way create that incredible life that you know that you deserve Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not to say that people can find that by connecting with somebody else first, but it's a much more sustainable and, um, and it's, and you have a much higher chance of success when you just do it within yourself. Yeah. And I'm sure you've had the same, I'm sure you've had the same sort of experience. hundred percent. I mean, obviously now you travel the world meeting everybody and everybody probably, you know, when you show up to like, oh my God, Nick is here from the Foot Collective. Yeah, well, the, <laughs> some do that, but yeah. very quickly they're like, oh, Nick's just a dude that likes to go barefoot because his feet were messed up. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I think, but yeah, I think that's a good way to end it off is just 
I think people look at, oh God, in order to do this, in order to be happy, it's going to cost me these things. And it's more of a perspective shift of saying, what is the value of being happy? And what is the value of those things that you might have to give up temporarily? Yeah. And understanding, like weighing them accurately. Because, because I think people's, you know, society is geared towards teaching us what matters and what doesn't matter. And it's a completely opposite of what actually matters in life. And I think um, sometimes people are just so busy treading water and, and not drowning. It's like, oh, I got these bills. I got, I got to feed my kids. I got to take my kids. It's like, take a step back. And even just 10 minutes a day, take a step back and be like, what can I do today to, to start to engineer a better life for myself tomorrow or next year or, or in 10 years or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, like I said, our message of health is just in order to be happy, you have to not be in pain all the time. You know, whatever you can call it physical pain, you can call it psychological pain, whatever it yeah. is. And so health, I think for a lot of people is the first domino to fall so that they have access to being able to discover all these other things. Yeah. And part of them being able to consume health or understand health is just having simple advice given to them of like, this is one thing you can change. That's very small. But it becomes cumulative very quickly. And I think that one first thing when they see the benefit in that stimulates curiosity to be like, I wonder what I can do. Let's, maybe else? I should think about my food. Maybe I should think yeah. about sleep or whatever it might be. And I think that's what these things are all about. You know, that's what we're trying to do with TFC. That's what we're trying to do with the health and wellness community is just get people to take that first step or just understand that it's possible because it's so abstract yeah. for so many people. And um, yeah, I think it's awesome. And, you know, trying to connect with people that are like-minded is what made me here right now so it's you know it's very very cool but it all starts in finding yourself right Mm -hmm. like finding yourself and what and what 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 you can do to elevate yourself to your highest level Mm -hmm. to your highest self and then everything else comes behind that yeah right like how okay so let's talk about really quickly a couple a couple of maybe recommendations on how to get to your to your highest self for me, I you know, we, we, we live in this body, right? We live in this in this vehicle. You got to take care of the vehicle, mm-hmm. right? So that's I think you know without health you 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 can't you can't get there, right? Mm-hmm. Without without your body being healthy, and when it comes to food, you already you already know now it's you know don't I don't count the calories, don't count the macros, the even the micros. I think count the the. The, the love and the, the take into account where the food came from right. is a good start right take f- figure out where your food is coming from one um, that's for food for 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 movement just do things naturally right yeah. like don't don't you don't need to go lifting heavy things you don't that's not going to give you what you really want at mm-hmm. the end of the day it might make you look good temporarily but down the line it's going to it's probably going to harm you um and then finally, you know, emotionally, just find that thing that makes you feel incredible. Like make that, that thing that makes you feel so happy to wake up in the morning, that makes you excited, that when you talk about it, your voice maybe even cracks a little bit because you're so excited about it. <laughs> um, because that's going, that's going to create that happiness and that, that passion and that purpose inside. And the, the dominoes will all find, will all yeah. fall behind it. Yeah. It permeates to every other facet of, of your existence of your life. So anyway, thanks for uh, the hospitality. Thanks for touring me around Miami. And, um, anyway, I'm sure we'll do this again at some point because I really like Miami is now on the radar as a, as a place that 
um, meshes so well with TFC that it would be silly not to try and come here and, and just get deeper into this community and talk to more people in this space and see how it evolves in this micro hub of just like this is prog- this is serious progress in the world of health and, and awareness. Um, so yeah, thanks Jeff and uh, hope you enjoyed that episode. We'll come at you with another one in a week. Thanks.